The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rock. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 181 of the podcast, or you're joining us live here on YouTube. If you want to join the show live and uh, comment along with us, we, we like to uh, sometimes display listener comments as we go along. Make sure you subscribe, MMA on the Rocks, at YouTube.com, and uh, hit the little bell to get notifications for when we go live. We never know when that's going to be because my partner in crime over here sometimes goes dark right before <laughs> we're supposed to go live. And I end up sitting here drinking tequila. Let me, uh, let, let me introduce who I'm talking about all the way from New Jersey. I think he just bought a horse. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what he was talking about. Jeff, the animal. Wilson, Jeff, you investing in livestock? What's going on here, Bill? I told you I had to. I had to one. I had to stock up on supplies, which I'll get into in a minute. But more importantly, Bill, I had to see a man about a horse, which I thought was what you said when you had to take a dump. So I was trying I, to spare you the details. I've never, I've never heard of this before. But um, what? What? what <laughs> I don't know, but it sounds messed. <laughs> so I hope you have a lot of toilet to know uh, how much you got, Jeff. What are you What are you sitting on over there? We're pretty stocked. We're we're good on that. Uh, we got water, um, so we're 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 good. We're good. I'm stocked up on my favorite cereals. So, uh, yeah, Bill, it's it's a little. Um, you know, it's biblical. It's pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, you know, the state of New York just got uh, announced that, you know, Bill de Blasio just up like a couple minutes ago, just announced that all non-essential operations are being shut down. Uh, schools are being shut down in New York City until I think April something, he said. It's going to be like three or four weeks. And even in, in Jersey, my school is shut down for the next two weeks. Everything's going to be online. Um you know, and, you know, I, I, I respect the decision, you know, uh, kids are kids, you know, they, they don't have the common sense to, you know, wash their hands and stuff because, you know, they're kids, you know, I teach middle yeah. school. So, so, you know, it, it's something that can spread really easily in something as big as a school, um, Especially, you know, and I always try to keep Clorox wipes in my classroom. You know, I have my kids uh, at the end of the day, we Clorox wipe our desks and our chairs. And that was even before all this was going on, Bill, just because, you know, the kids, they they get dirty. They play in in the mud and cow dung, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, not everybody has that concept in middle school to wash their hands and, you know, cover up when they cough. <clears throat> so it's something that I try to instill into my students. And, you know, uh, I, I try to keep, 
the the classroom as as tidy and cleaned up as possible because you know even before all this you know my kids were dropping like flies you know i was telling you a couple weeks ago that um you know there was a flu bug going around Mm -hmm. um so you know i i appreciate the precautions but but i'll be honest with you i think everybody's making way too big of a deal out of all this uh i was at walmart uh and you know everything's cleaned out there's no meat there's no bread there's no water um you know i think people are being just a little too you know Somebody clearly read the book of Revelations like a week ago, and now they think it's the end of days. I really don't think there's a need for all that. I think if we take the necessary precautions, you know, if you don't feel well, stay home. As long as you follow those guidelines and you're not a complete dumbass, we'll be fine. Well, there lies the problem, Jeff, because uh, it worries me that we need to say things like make sure you wash your hands for 20 seconds and and have these kinds of reminders. And I guess we'll get into this a little bit just to kind of timestamp this episode. Of course, we're, we're talking about the, the coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, it, you know, it's, it's become a, a very big deal, very serious thing. And, and I'm torn on a lot of things too, because I, I, I believe in being prepared, but yeah, people are definitely overdoing it. Um, you, you know, if, if your entire garage is full of, of paper goods and stuff and, and you're clearing the shelves and, and there, there are people out there. My concern, especially is the elderly people, you know, mm. because they can't be going to, you know, four five, six, ten 10 different stores to try and find the things that they need. Uh, so if you're, if you're of reasonably good health and, and below middle age, like you need to, you need to grow up a little bit because you're basically sentencing these people. I, you know, I've mm. seen, um, it, going out at the supermarkets here and stuff i've seen like elderly people out and about and and they're scared you know and they should be because they're the ones who are actually high risk for this thing uh so if you're out there like swiping up all the food and and all the toilet paper and everything like that you need to be considerate of these people um and and that's just you know that's just common decency which which unfortunately is not so common anymore, just like common sense. Uh, you know, my daughter's two years old and she already knows she has to wash her hands when she comes home from anywhere and she has to wash her hands before she can eat. Uh, you know, even if I put food down in front of her, she goes, wash hands, wash hands. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I take her over to the sink and we wash we wash her hands together. Um, and, and she knows that she has to do that before she eats. Uh, you know, the, unfortunately, it's it's... It, it's not um, it's not common practice, and, and it's unfortunate we have to have something like this happen to realize that it's not common practice. And the other thing, you mentioned the schools closing, Jeff. I think it's a good thing um, to kind of quarantine people at home a little bit, but my concern, too, is for the inner-city kids who, mm. you know, depend on going to school to have, to have like, a hot meal, you know, because yeah. there are a lot of them that don't get taken care of at home. Um, you know this and some of the listeners know I taught in the inner city schools in New York for seven years. Uh, so I know the kind of horror stories that go on and, and these people are, these kids are not being taken care of at home while these schools are closed. Um, so I, I I don't know that I have a better solution, but, um, I know that, that, that there's a lot of concern out there. I think a lot of people are looking out for themselves. 
Um, and, and I'll just say this, you know, if you have like some elderly neighbors or something and you're of reasonably good health, then, you know, go knock on their door, see if they need anything, go run to the store for them. Or, or if you have some extra supplies yourself, uh, uh bring them to people. Uh, you know, we got to be good to each other. There's no use surviving this thing as a human race. Uh, you know, if we're doing it individually, you got to help each other out out there, especially the people who are of high risk. Uh, for, you know, I live in Florida. Unfortunately, there are a lot of elderly people who don't have like close family that lives here that can go to the grocery store for them and stuff. And, uh, you know, they're scared to leave their houses. And then people who are, uh, again, of reasonably good health are taking advantage of the home delivery grocery services that are getting shut down now. Um, mm. You know, these things are, are not made for you being paranoid. They're made for people who don't have the ability to leave their house. Um, so just keep all that stuff in mind, be good to each other out there, try and help somebody else out, uh, while this thing's going on. And, uh, you know, obviously it, it's having a big impact on society. It's having a big impact on sporting events. Yeah. Uh, you know, people are encouraged by the CDC to not go to events, uh, more than 250 people, uh, stay away from large crowds. Uh, you know, if you do have to be in a crowded area, try and stay like six feet away from people uh so if they cough or sneeze that's how far the germs travel um and let's talk about how that affects this jeff i mean i i plan uh you know we do this from the comfort of our own home so and i know a lot of people are going to be home bored so i plan to keep on turning out turning out uh content for people uh you, you know whether or not we have fights to talk about you and i can get on here and, and riff about other stuff if we want but you know let, let's try and get a little positivity out there give give people uh a little entertainment you know w with the platform that we have i, I don't want to get on a soapbox too much here um we can talk about some fun stuff um but yeah. you know because of this whole thing uh you know the nba is shut down the NH nhl is shut down UFC still up and running for now, um, but there was no audience at at uh, Fight Night 170 in Brasilia, Brazil, um, and, and it was an interesting dynamic. It was kind of like a like a contender series, uh, but you know, just in a big arena. I thought it was interesting the way they did it, where they blacked out the seats, uh, but still showed like aerial shots of the arena to show like this is a big arena, um, but there's there's no audience in it. Um, for me, the the viewing experience didn't change because I don't right. I don't typically keep the volume on, so mm. I don't get like a lot of the crowd reactions and stuff like that, uh, or I keep the volume very low. And um, you know, I found myself forgetting until they were showing shots uh, of the of the arena. So uh, it, it's interesting that they could still carry on the event this way and you know keep everybody as safe as possible and and still put on a show. I don't know how sustainable it is going forward. Uh, you know, with the, the, the stipulations that are coming up, uh, with this coronavirus, it looks like places like Las Vegas are putting a, a temporary ban on combat sports. So the UFC may not even be able to use the apex where they film the contender series. So I don't know what's going to happen going forward, but let's talk about the, the event that we were able to experience and that's fight night 170. We'll start at the top. Jeff it was headlined by, I, I was going to say lightweight contenders, but there was only one lightweight contender in this main event. And that was Charles Oliveira. Uh, Kevin Lee was there also, but um, 
he missed weight again by a considerable amount. Um, and, and that shows to me an inability to overcome like certain psychological things that have hindered his game in the past. Uh, I thought that for Sahabi would perhaps be able to work these kinks out with him, but uh, it looks like that's not the case. So Kevin Lee misses weight. These guys put on a phenomenal main event. Um, but you know, I found myself, uh, wanting Oliveira to get the win just because of the fact that Kevin Lee misses weight again. And he seems to be, uh, you know, shameless about it. You know, he just shows up like, eh, you know, I missed again. And here he's fighting against a guy who probably is really a featherweight. Um, but he couldn't stay at that weight class cause he couldn't make that weight. Um, so you have a guy who should be a welterweight against a guy who should be a featherweight. Um, give me your thoughts here, Jeff, and uh, and then we'll get into the fight itself. Yeah, man, uh, I'm pretty unhappy that Kevin Lee missed weight. He is, you know, but we've been talking about a 165 pound division in this uh, in the UFC, and I think that Kevin Lee is a shoe in for that division because um, you know I I don't I think he's a little small for welterweight, but he struggles to make the 155 pound limit. And for me, you know, that 15 pound jump has always been, you know, a little, just a little too much for me. Same. And I feel the same way with middleweight to light heavyweight. I feel like there should be a 195 pound division in there. So uh -huh. I feel like he's one of those guys who would really benefit from 165 pound division. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with you. And I think that weight class should exist, but it doesn't. So you have to choose from the ones that are here. That that's like a guy in the NBA who's only six foot one, which I think is is pretty short for an NBA player. Saying like, well, I would be able to slam dunk if the hoop was only nine feet tall. Mm -hmm. um, and they talk about it like, yeah, maybe a nine foot hoop would would be better. It'd be more exciting and get more slam dunks. But it's not there, <laughs> so you can't slam dunk. <laughs> you know, these are the weight classes you have. You got to pick one, and you got to you got to make the contracted weight. I mean. By all means, keep campaigning for that 165-pound division. Make your voice be heard. Uh, but you're not going to help your case at all by choosing a weight class and not meeting the contracted weight. Um, that's just that's just not the way you do things. And, um, you know, fortunately for him and his career, like I don't want to take money out of anybody's pockets here, food off of anybody's table. Fortunately for him, he's got uh, a personality that, that translates well to the fans. People like him and he fights really well. He he's always puts on exciting fights. Um, and, you know, last night included, uh, but, but make the weight, Kevin, make the weight or, or move up. You know, I thought he looked good at 170 against RDA. I think, I think he could be competitive there. Um, you know, it just so happens that he, he got, uh, he got outclassed a little bit, you know, he couldn't go into deep water. Um, so let's talk about the actual fight. This was a fun one, man. It was a fun one on the feet. Uh, you know, Kevin Lee didn't like what he was experiencing on the feet a couple of times, even though he was getting the better of some exchanges. And, um, you know, he was hitting some takedowns fairly easily. Uh, Oliveira didn't put up, put up much of a fight um, because he's comfortable off his back. He was throwing up submission after submission, man. Arm bar, triangle, omoplata. Just one thing after another, heel hooks, knee bars. He was going for it all. Uh, you know, whatever he could grab, he was trying to take home with him. And Kevin Lee did a good job defending uh, for a, a large part of the fight. 
but then when we got into the third round, uh, he shot him for a single leg and he made the, the most critical error that I always teach people. Uh, you know, I sometimes teach, um, like some introductory wrestling classes for, uh, for jujitsu. And I always say jujitsu and MMA do not shoot a single with your head to the outside. And at first he shot in the right way, shot in with his head to the inside. Uh, but then when he couldn't, when he couldn't finish that takedown, he swiveled his head to the outside and he was trying to, uh, to chain some things together, which is not necessarily wrong if you're wrestling. And if you've wrestled for a long time, it can be natural to put your head on the outside for that single leg. Um, you know, especially if you want to transition to a double, um, there are very few people who can get away with it. Ben Askren is one of them. He has an outside single that's effective in MMA, but you know, you have to, you have to kind of adjust it for for the things that happen in mma but once you put your neck out there for a guy like charles Oliveira, man he snatched up that guillotine so fast and as soon as it was in you knew it was a done deal uh kevin lee taps uh referee mike beltran breaks up the fight and then uh kevin lee keeps trying to take charles Oliveira down i don't know you know a couple people were accusing him of trying to cheat i think he was just a little bit out and maybe didn't realize that he tapped uh, and then kept fighting once Oliveira let go and the, and the blood rushed back into his head. He wasn't completely out, but um, I, I think that's what happened there. I don't think there was any malicious intent, uh, despite his cheating and not making weight before the fight. Give me your thoughts, Jeff. Yeah, I think Kevin Lee might have just been a little bit frustrated too. Um, but anyway, dude, up until that point, great fight. The grappling was great. I was pleasantly surprised with Kevin Lee's ability to get out of some sticky situations, you know, because uh, Charles Oliveira, like you said, he was throwing up all the stops, you know, going for omoplatas, uh, triangles. When that wasn't working, he was going for knee bars and heel hooks. And Kevin Lee defended everything really well, man, you know, with um, getting his leg out of bad spots, uh, transitioning into mount positions, which you know, making it look so effortless, man, at certain mm -hmm. points in this fight. Uh, you know, at no point did it look like he was in danger in the second round when they were grappling each other. But in that third round, man, uh, like you said, he just went in for that single and, you know, Oliveira scooped up his neck and just was not going to let go on the bottom, uh, you know, locks his guard up on him. And, you know, Kevin Lee definitely tapped. You know, there was no doubt about it. He went for like the Chael Sonnen argument where <laughs> where uh, where he was like, you know, I was just messing around. But I think you're right. I think I think uh, here's the thing is when you get caught in like a tight choke, you know, and, you know, even after you tap, you're going to see stars for a sec. Mm -hmm. um, you know, especially if it's tight and Charles Oliveira's definitely got a squeeze on him. So. You know, uh, I think Kevin Lee, like you said, he might—he was kind of half out. I think he was also a little bit frustrated. So, you know, his body probably just, you know, started working on its own once uh, once the ref broke that up. But great fight from both of these guys. It was really exciting up until that point. I was really enjoying the grappling exchanges. Yeah, for sure. Um, very entertaining. This now makes uh, seven wins in a row for Charles Oliveira in – my opinion, the most competitive division there is. Uh, he said he's going to be there live for uh, Khabib Ferguson if that goes down. I don't see him getting the winner of that. Um, yeah, me neither. But I think he may be, you know, one fight away.
from possibly fighting for that title, but he needs, he needs a more realistic call out. I think like a Dustin Poirier mm. would have been a good one. Maybe yeah. a rematch with Paul Felder. Um, you know, he got TKO'd by Paul Felder a couple of years ago. That's if Paul Felder uh, decides not re to retire. Um, maybe Dan Hooker would have been a good call out. Yeah. Um, th there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of smart call outs he could have made. I don't think uh, calling for the title was, was the right move just yet. I think it was a reaching a little bit too high, even though the win streak is impressive and he's finished those seven people as well. And just to, to take a look at him, submitted Clay Guida, submitted Christos Chiagos, submitted Jim Miller. That's a huge feather in anybody's cap. Submitted David Tamer, TKO over Nick Lentz, and a knockout over Jared Gordon, and of course, a submission over Kevin Lee. That's a fucking hell of a resume right there, Jeff. Uh, yeah. uh, as for Kevin Lee, I'd like to see him move back up to 170 until they make this 165-pound weight class. I don't want to see him uh, back back there. I think there are some fun matchups for him there that you can do. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with him, but, um, I'd like to see him move up. Uh, I don't want to see him miss weight again. And, um, yeah, this is a setback for him, man. Cause not only did he miss weight and he, he lost the fight and got finished. Um, so it's, uh, it's a tricky game. Once you get into the top, once you get into the top, uh, couple in the division, you know, it's, uh, you know, a couple of mistakes can set you back big time. Um, let's get into this co-main event here. For as long as it lasted, this thing was exciting as hell, too. I was really looking forward to this fight, hoping to get see um, a little bit of grappling in this fight, which is what we got. Just a little bit, but, you know, a little bit was enough. Gilbert Burns getting the TKO victory over Damian Maia in the first round. Uh, this was a fun one, man, because uh, here you have a guy who's not afraid to engage in the grappling. Damian Maya, you know, Gilbert Burns is a badass. I, I've said it so many times on this show. I think he's the most underrated athlete in combat sports. And that, that includes, you know, competitive jujitsu and, and MMA. Um, here's a guy who just doesn't get enough credit, man. And I, I try to, uh, I try to give him as much as I can here uh, on my little platform. And, um, you know, he's a guy who will fight anybody anywhere, you know, you, Damian Maya, sure, I'll get in there with him. We'll go to the ground. We'll grapple. Um, it, you know, same thing with jujitsu. He's taking jujitsu matches um, last minute, just stepped in, like, yeah, let's do this. You know, a lot of UFC fighters don't want to do that because they don't want to go out there and risk getting submitted and and uh, you know have that content out there for people to see and have them think less of them. Uh, but Gilbert will step in there. Uh, and he's like, you know, tell me the rules. I'm there. And, uh, and I respect the hell out of that from Gilbert. And took this fight at 172. He's like, yeah, yeah. Damian Maya, 170 pounds. I know he used to fight at 185, and he's fought for the title there. I'll take it. Let's do this. Um, so a uh, big TKO victory for Gilbert Burns there. A lot of people thought Maya maybe wasn't out, um, but uh, I, I wasn't upset with this stoppage here. Uh, give me your thoughts. And they, the, the referee even had the same last name as Damian Maya. So he might have been biased the other way, if anything. And he still stopped it. Give me your thoughts, Jeff. Oh, yeah, Bill. This was a really fun fight. I love the grappling exchanges. Uh, you know, I, I'll i be honest with you, Bill. I was, I was concerned when I saw Maya on Gilbert Burns' back. 
for a minute there. I was like, oh, crap, here we go. But, um, you know, Gilbert Burns, you know, he's no slouch in the grappling department either. You know, a really efficient at both judo and jujitsu. I, I feel like those two arts, you know, they, they blend together so well. And then Bill, he won this fight on the feet, you know, which we talked about a little bit. You know, he's he's got some knockouts under his belt. Okay. And he is very dangerous, man. He's very explosive with his striking. You know, he... he He's swinging for the fences, dude. And he caught Demi and Mayo with this really nice left hook, you know, dropped him immediately, you know, raise, raised his hands because he thought he won. And, you know, he didn't want to keep uh, punishing Demi and Maya here. But, you know, the ref didn't stop it. So he kept going. And Bill, the I'm so glad that the ref stopped it when he did because Gilbert Burns gets on top of Demi and Maya and starts, like, going on, like, the speed bag here. <laughs> yeah. Except with Demi and Maya's head, and you could just see, you know, he's going like this. If, if you're watching me on YouTube, uh, it, it looks like I'm hitting a speed bag. But, um, you know, Maya's head is bouncing back and forth. I was very grateful that the ref stopped it when he did yeah. because Maya was out. Uh, Maya was definitely out. And if he wasn't, he was going out pretty soon. Yeah, for sure. Um, it uh, A shame for Demi and Maya, too, because he's – He's such a good dude. He, you yeah. know, he he's coming down to the end of his career and he's got to make a decision like, is it realistic for me to fight for a title again? And in this climate of MMA, anything is possible. You know, if he gets a big win and somebody pulls out, um, you know, somewhere down the line, he's always ready to step in. He's always in fighting shape. It's still possible. Is it likely? No. Um, you know, he's one of these guys who has been around for so long. We've seen him evolve so much. His striking has gotten so much better. I remember when he first started in MMA and I was like, how is this guy going to hit anybody? Cause I saw videos of him kicking a heavy bag and he would kick it and it wouldn't move. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, he's come a long way since then. And obviously, you know, top shelf jujitsu. A lot of people say the best jujitsu in the sport of MMA history. Um, and they can make that argument that you can make the argument for Charles Oliveira as well. Um, the argument against that would be that he's been submitted himself a couple times in the UFC. Um, but he does have the record for the most submission victories does, uh, Oliveira. Uh, and he extended it last night. Um, as for Gilbert Burns, I think there are fun fights for him at welterweight, man. Uh, Gunnar Nelson being one of them. I think that would be a really fun matchup. Um, couple of other people come to mind maybe leon edwards uh since mm. he just um pulled out of his fight with tyron woodley next week i don't know if you've heard this yet jeff yeah i, I did i was gonna bring that up a little bit later but yeah yeah, yeah we can talk about it now though go ahead yeah let's do it why not the producers won't mind well you're the producer so if you say it's good we're good bill <laughs> i'm good i'm good let's uh since you were gonna bring it up what, what were you gonna say about it <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, I just found this out, you know, right before we started, uh, just catching up on some MMA news um, right before we started. And, you know, I know Tyron Woodley's pissed, dude. Uh, you know, Leon Edwards, they have a fight coming up. I, I think it was like two weeks away. But, yeah, Leon Edwards has to pull out. No, nah, man, it's uh, a Saturday, March 21st. Okay, even worse. So, you know, Tyron Woodley's pissed. Uh, the uncertainty of the card is still, you know, in jeopardy here. Uh, 
and I think Colby Covington might have made a mention. I might be wrong here, but he yeah. made a mention that he's ready to go. You know, if if they need somebody, he'll he'll do it. Which Bill. I wouldn't be upset to see Tyron Woodley fight Colby Covington. They've kind of, you know, they've had their beef uh, in the past when Woodley was champ. And, you know, any chance that they have to settle it, uh, especially when you consider what Kamaru Usman did to Tyron Woodley, you know, uh, Colby Covington could do something very similar to Tyron mm -hmm. Woodley. So I think that's a very exciting fight to put on if it happens. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, things are up in doubt. Uh, like you said, Dana White mentioning that all events moving forward are going to be at the UFC Apex uh, empty arena. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I would love to see Colby Covington step in on a week's notice and see how he does. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I know Colby doesn't cut a lot of weight. Um, but yeah, you're right. If if, if you're tiring, you got to be pissed, man, because Leon called him out. It, he wanted to fight him in London. It's it's high risk, low reward for Tyron Woodley because Leon Edwards does not have the name recognition. He's yeah. only known in the MMA community as the guy who got pieced up by Jorge Masvidal backstage. Um, it, and that's if he's known at all. He just doesn't have that that star power yet, you know, despite his winning streak. So for Tyron Woodley to take that fight and have to travel over to London and now with all this stuff going on, you know, he's in the middle of his training camp and he's hearing like, oh, you shouldn't be traveling because of the coronavirus and everything else and and all this bad shit's going on. And after after dealing with all that, then his opponent pulls out. And it's like, man, what the fuck? I took this fight I didn't even want uh <laughs> just to just to come, you know, try and knock this dude out to shut him up and prove like, you know, I'm still the top guy in this division. And, and then he pulls out. Um, so yeah, if I was Woodley, I'd be pissed too, man. But, um, if he gets the opportunity to get in there with Colby Covington, I think that might make up for it because I know he's got heat with him. Um, uh, you know, they've gone back and forth before. Um, they used to train together. Uh, rumor has it. Colby used to get the better of him in the training room, but, you know, that's a long time ago and the training room is a different scenario. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, more times than not people who get the better in, in the, in the training room, uh, end up losing in a real fight. Um, you know, we, we saw it with, uh, TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt, for example, that's a, that's just one that comes to mind. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's definitely an interesting fight. Um, while we're veering off here, Jeff, while I was waiting for you to buy a horse or, or whatever you were doing, um, <laughs> I don't know, investing in livestock, I was sitting here and I was sipping on some tequila. I've been giving you guys a lot of bourbon lately. And, uh, you know, if you're not a bourbon drinker and you're going to be spending a lot of time at home in the next couple of weeks, you might want to stock up on something else. So I'm giving you tequila. That's what I'm going with. Um, it, it kills a lot of germs and bacteria. So, so there's that. I think it's a little bit healthier than the than the dark liquors. Um, if you get an all natural tequila, uh, you know some of them have like a lot of added sugar and stuff like that. But if you get one that's just like made from pure agave, then you're good. So agave, of course, a plant that grows primarily in Mexico, and uh, it's got like a sweet nectar inside of it. And they cut the plants down and they, they roast the leaves. Um, and then they ferment the sugars, uh, that are roasted out of the leaves. And then that's how you make tequila. So this one, uh, tres agaves, 
for those of you who don't speak Spanish, I'll, I'll translate for you. It means three agaves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good translation, Bill. Thank you. I do what I can for the people, Jeff. You know, not everybody is fluent in Spanish like you and I. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and anyway, in any case, this is uh, this is one of my more preferred tequilas, it, it, and this is the the white tequila, the silver. Um, so it's not aged in anything, but they do have one that's aged uh, nine months in bourbon barrels, and they have another that's aged eighteen months uh, in oak bourbon barrels. Um, and, and this is a throwback to episode two or three, Jeff. I talked about this tequila. Yeah. So if you remember that, you're a true fan of this show, and you're probably my mom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's many people who have been around since episode two. I mean, maybe some of you have gone back and listened to episode two or three, um, and, and you'll see how far we've come uh, since oh, then. Yeah. It's it's been a there's been a learning curve here on MMA on the Rocks, but you know some things stay the same. Like I still enjoy Tres Agaves tequila. Um, it's, it's not too sweet, which, which is a good sign that they don't add extra sugars. Those of you who are prone to hangovers, a really good quality tequila won't give you a hangover because there's not a lot of added sugar to it. Um, you know, cause a lot of times the added sugar is what dehydrates you. Um, and if you don't consume a lot of water while you're drinking the liquor, which most people don't, um, then you, that dehydration will, will give you that that hangover feeling that that so many people don't enjoy um but a good tequila won't it won't it won't dry you out like that um because it's just you know made from the pure agave it's got a little bit of sweetness because the agave plant is sweet and and when it's baked down uh you know the the natural sugars come out of that um but this has like a, a slight sweetness to it it's got a little bit of a burn um but not too much you could drink it without ice uh, no problem, which is what I'm doing now. Cause I ran out of ice and, um, it, it's got a little brininess to it, almost like a green olive kind of aftertaste. Um, so if you're into that, uh, it's not the most exciting thing to sip neat. Uh, but it, it would be definitely be really good in like margaritas and tequila sunrises and, and other fun tequila drinks like that. And, uh, it's a mid-level tequila, so it's not going to break the bank. Um, uh, but it's not cheap shit. That's going to give you hangovers. Um, so it's right in the middle of there. Uh, I definitely recommend it. I like to keep a bottle of it in my bar. Um, so there's that tequila, uh, stock up, um, make yourself some cocktails, work on your cocktail recipes while you're home. Uh, you know, quarantining yourself or, or whatever it is you're doing, working from home. Um, so that's that Jeff. Any, any uh, any thoughts on this, uh, tequila here? Yeah, no, it sounds good. It sounds like you said, like it won't break the bank. And also, you know, it sounds like I, I like stuff that doesn't have too much garbage added to it. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I like the I, I like, you know, sweeter drinks, but I also enjoy, you know, stuff where you don't have to do too much to it for it mm -hmm. to be good. So that's always good. Bill, what I'm doing while I'm quarantined is one, I'm going to look for some like, um, jujitsu workouts that you can do by yourself uh, mm -hmm. i know that uh john danaher is working with bjj fanatics to kind of release uh like some movement drills uh so i'll probably be working on that and bill i'm gonna catch up on some reading because yeah. you know what um you know with the chaos that is being a teacher i never have time to read for myself 
yeah catching up on reading um actually i don't know if i have room to talk about this but i'm reading this really good book right now it's called bells on their toes um and i'm not gonna take up too much time here but uh i read a book called cheaper by a dozen it's about this famous family who uh lived in new jersey and they it's a mom and dad and they have 12 kids so yeah they um, made a movie about it with steve martin yeah um the original movie from the 1950s is a little bit more accurate. The Steve Martin one is really good. It's really fun. But I think that the 1950s one is just a little bit is, well, actually a lot more accurate, a lot closer to the book. And, uh, and, you know, at the, I'm not going to spoil the ending for anybody, but bells on their toes is the sequel. It's, uh, the kids going through college and high school and experiencing things, experiencing things like being more responsible with money, um, having boyfriends and stuff. So, so far it's a really good read. I'm only like four chapters in, I read like 40 pages last night. So Bill, that's my plan is to do some personal reading stuff that you know, I feel like nobody, I, I don't get to read for my own enjoyment anymore. Mm -hmm. So after I finish Bells on Their Toes, I'm going to start on American Psycho because that's one of my favorite movies of all time. So I want to see what the book is like, too. Solid movie. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to do some more reading myself. I've had a, a couple of biographies sitting on my nightstand um, that I've been trying to get to. But, you know, the just the the dad lifestyle doesn't, uh, you know, the, the baby... Uh, baby sleeps in the bed with us so uh, i can't really put the light on and then i'm mm. usually so shot by the time i get to bed anyway but um yeah i would love to catch up on some reading i advise everybody else to do the same if you're spending a lot of time at home you don't even have to leave your house because you, if you have your kindle or yeah. whatever you can download a book right to the palm of your hand or um get on audible or, or something like that get an audio book uh, you know, that is after you, you've gone back and, and watched the entire catalog of MMA on the rocks, of course. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or you could even do it while you listen to the whole catalog of MMA sure. on the rocks. Sure. That the awkward, <laughs> the, the awkward early episodes. Oh, man, Bill. Those were the dog days, where, man. Where we would either get too drunk or we would be too reserved and, and not know, like, how to pace out the way we speak. Good times, Jeff. Good times. Let's get into a little more of this card here. Let's uh, let's steer this ship back. Hinato Moicano looking good last night against Demir Hazovic, and uh, this this was kind of funny because he, he submits him in the first round, rear naked choke, and Hazovic gets up and he says, "I wanted to keep fighting." <laughs> Moicano <laughs> says, "Well, then you shouldn't have tapped." <laughs> 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 oh man! It was, like such a, it was such a stupid confrontation. It's like, oh man! I guess like Moicano was getting in his face a little. I don't know what the background here was. If these guys got into it before the fight or whatever, but Moicano was kind of like, "Yeah, he got what he deserved," and it has a vision. <laughs> I wanted to keep fighting. Well, you shouldn't have tapped. Like, <laughs> like all right, let's keep going. Come on, man! <laughs> don't don't let the fact that I submitted get in the way of us fighting <laughs> <laughs> we have unfinished business here and um but yeah man moicano looked good at lightweight uh i mean he's stepping up into you know one of the more competitive divisions so uh he called out paul felder at the end of his fight i, I think that's a bit of a stretch 
uh, you know, he, he's going to need to work his way up a little bit more, I think, in this division. I mean, he was one of the best felt featherweights, uh, hands down, for a, for a while there. Scary dude, very skilled everywhere. Uh, showed it last night with the submission victory. Um, funny ending. Uh, give me your thoughts on this fight, Jeff. Yeah, Bill, you know, as, apart from the funny ending, take nothing away from the fight, man. And Alto Moicano went in there and took care of business, dude. As mm-hmm. soon as the fight hit the ground, he got to work, man. Quickly takes Hadzovic's back, sinks in that rear naked choke. And, you know, I don't know what Hadzovic was complaining about because, you know, he, he got dominated on the ground, dude. And he, on the, on the feet, it wasn't looking that great for him either, Bill. So... You know, um, I actually thought that the Moicano call out, I thought it was kind of smart to call out Paul Felder. You know, he said, I'm the number seven in uh, the featherweight division. You're the number seven in the lightweight division. You know, let's get it on. So I thought that was smart, except for the fact that uh, Paul Felder's basically said he's retired. So, you know, other... uh, you know, I wanted him to kind of keep up with current events here, but uh, you know, I think that in another life where Paul Felder uh, wasn't about to retire, I thought it was a good call up. Yeah, that may have been a language barrier issue. Um, you know, maybe he was watching the the broadcast in English and he didn't get mm. that that Felder retire. I think Paul Felder has unretired since then. I think he was mm. just emotional at that time, but I think he said he he does want to get back in there. Um, Either way, I think maybe a slightly lower profile fight would be better for Moicano in this division just because this division is so competitive and so stacked. Um, all right, let's get into the, the light heavyweights here. Nikita Kralov uh, just mauling Johnny Walker, smothered him, didn't give mm-hmm. him a chance to breathe, uh, which is the way to beat him. Uh, personally, I think Johnny Walker was brought up a little bit too fast. You know, he had some explosive knockouts I, I thought even the fight with misha Serkinov was was a little too soon um he, he wound up getting an impressive knockout victory there but um it, it was too much too soon i think they should have pumped the brakes a little bit more with him and then they tried to make him out to be this kind of superstar and like he's gonna fight john jones um but then he gets in there with the higher level guys and like these bigger profile fights and it's like mm, he wasn't ready um and I think maybe he has the potential, especially now working up at TriStar. Um, I feel like that's a good place for him to maybe like calm him down a little bit so he's not blowing his shoulder out in his post-fight uh, dance routines. Um, but yeah, came in with his wacky blue hair and everything, and Krylov just showed you know, he's the more experienced, more well-rounded fighter. Um, you know, shut him down on the feet. Um and the grappling, you know, Walker was able to sweep him once, I think. But other than that, uh, it was the it was the Ukrainian's night. Jeff, he he looked uh, he looked phenomenal. I thought. So, uh, give me your thoughts on this one. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, for me, the fight was not the most exciting, but. You know, Nikita Krolov, he's not here for that, man. He's here to get wins. And mm. I thought that he went was very intelligent with his game plan. I thought that the wrestling was genius, you know, to use that over three rounds to just shut Johnny Walker down. Um, you know, and we've talked a little bit about this, is that we hadn't we hadn't seen his grappling. 
Um, you know, nobody had really taken him to that level yet. We thought that Corey Anderson would be the guy to do it, but then he knocked him out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Corey Anderson, very capable. And I imagine that if Corey Anderson had elected to do so, it would have looked very similar to what we saw against Nikita Krylov last night, where he was on his sure. back, unable to get back up to top position, you know, breathing heavy. Um, so, yeah, I, and I agree with you, but I feel like Johnny Walker was brought up a little too soon. And, you know, I was one of the first ones to jump on the bandwagon here. Um, but I felt like he needed to uh, develop first. I felt like he, you know, people were talking about how he's ready to fight John Jones. I, I never felt that way. I felt like, uh, and I, I even remember saying this is that if he did fight John Jones, you know, John Jones is so well-rounded that he would give him a really hard time. So I think that a step down in competition is needed for now, you know, give him somebody who's not going to, um, try to take him to the ground. Give him somebody who's going to stand up with him, stay in the pocket, and throw heavy leather. Uh, but other than that, you know, I don't think Johnny Walker loses too much stock here because Nikita Krylov, you know, he he's a big name in this light heavyweight division as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But, you know, just coming off, I think, a second consecutive loss, maybe a step down in, comp- in competition, someone who's going to strike with him, I think, is probably the better route for the UFC to take here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of these guys who came off the contender series, uh, that's just looking to stand and bang and, yep. and not and not do much else. Um, Alonzo Menafield, maybe. Um, so somebody like that along those lines. Um, Ryan Span, who's who's actually fighting next week, would be another good one. I think yeah. that would be a fun fight. Um, but yeah, m- maybe not somebody with so much experience. And, yeah, and he's gonna need a couple of those for for. Uh, Krylov, he's in a weird spot, man, because he's got losses against uh, a bunch of the top guys. You know, um, he got cut from the UFC for a little while, and he came back, and he was looking good, um, but but then ran into a couple of losses again against the the upper echelon there. Um, you know, light heavyweight is still a division that's up in the air, man. It was it was real dead for a while, but now it's starting to get competitive a little bit. So that's a good thing to see. And uh, let's see, just for the sake of time, Jeff, just because, you know, we're starting to hit, uh, we're, we're hitting that 45 minute mark and, and we like to keep it under an hour because that's when people tend to, uh, people tend to drop off. I'm just going to go over the results of the rest of this card and um, you, you tell me what stood out the most to you while you were watching Francisco Trinaldo getting a unanimous decision over John MacDessie in a very back and forth fight. Brandon Moreno. Unanimous decision over Hussier Formiga. Uh, Amanda Hibas getting the unanimous decision over Random Marcos. Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos, unanimous decision over Alexi Konchenko. Enrique Barzola and Ronnie Yaya go to a majority draw. This is a fight that I missed, but I want to go back and watch because, um, you know, those are two really good grapplers. I'd like to see how that one went down. And I, I missed it, unfortunately. Marina Moroz. Unanimous decision over Mayra Bueno Silva and David Vorvac. Unanimous decision over Bruno Silva and B. Malecki. Unanimous decision over Veronica Macedo. So, uh, what, what did it for you on this night in Brasilia, Jeff? 
So, Bill, for me, the biggest fight was the opener for the main card here. Francisco Trinaldo versus John McDessie. John McDessie, he, he had a pretty big head of steam coming into this fight, man. A couple of wins under his belt. You know, a super dynamic fighter. Very exciting to watch. Very, you know, very uh, explosive fighter. He's got a highlight reel. Some pretty fun knockouts. But Francisco Trinaldo just able to shut him down a little bit last night. Uh, very back and forth. I could have seen the fight go for John McDessie as well, but Francisco Trinaldo, he's 41, man, uh, showing these young guys. Uh, John McDessie's only like 24, 25, so, you know, Francisco Trinaldo showed that he can still hang with these guys, man, uh, so I was really impressed with that one. Um, that and the Barcelo versus Ronnie Yaya fight, those two are probably my top choices to go back and watch if you didn't last night. John McDessie is 34 years old. I guess he looks good for his age. Really? Who was I thinking of? I was thinking of um sorry, I saw Mike Desi. I was thinking of um who's that guy? Can't remember him off the top of my head, but I was I was thinking of one of the younger fighters. Mm-hmm. Uh but still, you know, younger than than um Francesco Trinaldo, so That's true. Francesco Trinaldo looks like the dad from the Wayne's brothers sitcom. Yes. I I forget his name. I think he passed away recently. Um, Great comedian, too. Um, I know his name will come to me, but it's just not there right now. If anybody watching remembers, uh, please feel free to comment. Um, Gosh, that's going to bother me now that I can't remember that guy's name. But, yeah, Trinaldo looks like him. Yeah, uh, solid card overall. I want to go back and, and watch the Ronnie Yaya and Enrique Barzola fight. Did you catch that one? Jeff, is that uh, something? I did not, unfortunately. Uh, Bill, this card was weird, man, because I thought the main card was going to start at eight. So I started. I tuned in at like seven o'clock, six forty-five, uh-huh. and and uh, Francisco Trinaldo was walking out. So I was like, "What the hell happened?" Uh, yeah. So I don't know if uh, the end of daylight savings time had something to do with that. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I, I missed uh, the beginning of the prelims for this one. Yeah, it, it was weird, man. I uh, I I didn't know that it was going to start when it did. And then all of a sudden I had people texting me like, oh, did you see that fight? And I'm like, please don't tell me any spoilers. Uh, I have a pretty easy time staying off the social media if I'm not catching the fights live. Um, but I tend to get a lot of people um, who text me during, uh, during the fight. Um, which is cool. You know, it's, it's good that I have a lot of friends that are into this stuff and, and they feel like they want to share their opinions with me. So encourage you to still do that, but just make sure people are watching the fights before you text them about it. All right, let's, uh, let's get into next week, Jeff, or, which may or may not happen. So I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but we'll, we'll take a quick look at this card. Fight night 171 supposed to take place at the O2 arena in London, England. Uh, I don't think it's going to be there. It may not be anywhere at all. They may have to postpone this one or scrap it. You know, a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff is happening like that. I, I have tickets to uh, to go see one of my favorite guitar players of all time, uh, Buddy Guy, is playing, or he who was he was supposed to be playing at Ruth Eckerd Hall uh, over here on uh, my side of Tampa Bay. And, uh, that, that show has been postponed. I'm kind of bummed, but, um, 
you know, it's for the best for everybody, you know, buddy guys in his eighties, I think he's 84 mm. years old. Um, still one of the best, uh, blues guitarists of all time. If you're into blues music, uh, one of the best, uh, blues voices of all time as well. So this event may or may not happen, but if it does, we might get Tyron Woodley and Colby Covington, man. Uh, if that doesn't, if that doesn't excite you to get you to want to watch some MMA, especially when there's no other sports on and, and there's nowhere to go, nothing to do. Uh, you don't even want to go to like a movie theater or something. Cause you don't want to get sick. Um, man, that's a hell of a main event. Uh, give me your thoughts, Jeff. I, I mean, if you have any different thoughts than you shared earlier. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for, for Woodley to get, if, if it happens with Colby Covington, that would be absolutely awesome. Uh, but you know, I, I can't say, too much more about what I said, you know, in addition to what I said earlier, just because, you know, we don't know for sure, you know, we're, we're less than a week away. Unfortunately, Bill, uh, this whole card is, has been ravaged by, you know, the travel bans right now. Mm -hmm. And a lot, you know, a lot of the British fighters had to pull out and Bill, I just realized that I was confusing John Magdesi with Mark Dia Casey. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. yeah. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, the very at the different. <laughs> <laughs> the, the AC at the end, you know, um, makes me up. Oh, yeah, Mac Desi to Casey. I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, but, Bill, I will give you my opinion on one fight that's definitely looking like it's still going to happen. is Paul Craig versus Ryan Spann here in the light heavyweight division next week. Bill, that could be a barn burner, man. Paul Craig is no joke. Uh, Ryan Spann, you know, both of these guys are, are kind of seasoned here in the light heavyweight division. And... Um, I think it's a good matchup, man. Paul Craig, you know, he goes in there with reckless abandon, uh, and, and he's a younger, uh, another European fighter who's trying to make a name for himself. So this could be a big, uh, a big jump for him if he gets a very exciting win here. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, that's really that and Darren Stewart versus Marvin Vittori are like the only fights because I'm on Wikipedia here, but those are the only fights that are like for sure happening. Everybody else is like Tyron Woodley versus TBA, uh, so-and-so versus TBA. So I can't really give you too much here, Bill. Yeah, that's why I don't want to spend a, a ton of time on this, but there are some really fun matchups here. I'm glad you brought up Paul Craig and Ryan Spann. Ryan Spann has that. Uh, you know, big knockout over Lil Nog uh, in his second fight in the UFC and then a uh, submission victory in his last fight. Um, but yeah, he's a quick starter, which, uh, you know, can go one of two ways for Paul Craig. Uh, you know, he can get finished early or he can weather the storm and, and pull a finish victory out of his hat, you know, with seconds left to go in the fight. Um, that's why Paul Craig is a super exciting fighter, man. I mean, that guy can take a beating for two and a half rounds and then pull a submission out of nowhere. Oh yeah. Um, so that's a fun one. Kevin Holland and Jack Marshman. If that fight happens, uh, that'll be really competitive. Uh, Danny Roberts and Nicholas Dalby, same thing. The, that's uh that's two really uh, aggressive guys. Uh, you already mentioned Darren Stewart, Marvin Vittori. Uh, the undefeated Jack Shore and Geraldo DeFreitas Jr. Uh, Mark DeCasey and Jai Herbert. Um, Jai is, has an interesting nickname, the Black Country Banger. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I got to see that fight just for that reason. Um, 
that's that's a really fun nickname. We know to Casey, man, that guy is explosive as hell. He's really fun to watch. Um, Molly McCann and Ashley Evan Smith, two really competent grapplers uh, in, in this women's division here. Uh, so that one, you know, maybe it'll end up staying on the feet. That's usually how, how it goes, but both two very competent grapplers. And then uh, a fight that's kind of hiding on the prelims here, Makwan Amirakani and Mike Grundy. I think that's a really good one. Those are two super tough guys. Um, let's see if there's anything else that really stands no, out to me. No, I, I hate to break this to you, but all those fights you just mentioned have been canceled. Well, fuck me. Um, ex except for Jack Marshman versus Kevin Holland, Marshman is off, but Kevin Holland is still looking for an opponent just because uh, of travel limitations. Um, a lot of these English fighters are stuck in London. Um, I think I think Scotland's okay. I think you can get in and out of Scotland, but uh, yeah, unfortunately in England there's a travel ban. Mm. Um. And I'll just read you a quick snidbit from uh, Wikipedia uh, here regarding uh, COVID-19. So after the event was pulled from London, UFC President Dana White announced that the plan was to move the card somewhere stateside, and that prompted cancellations in several bouts expected to take place at this event, including the main event between Woodley and uh, Edwards. So unfortunately, a lot of the, a lot of the British fighters... Um, there's a travel ban, uh, a travel ban. I'm sorry, that is including the United Kingdom. So, um, yeah, man, uh, sucks because uh, you know it, it's one of those, like we said, it's one of those precautions that needs to be taken. You know, but um, yeah, dude, it's it's nuts because you know in in Europe a lot of the soccer, you know, Bill, you know, I'm a big soccer head, so a lot of the Sports seasons, a lot of the soccer seasons in many countries have been canceled or are being played uh, with no fans in the arena. So it's you know it's a uh, it's a bit messy, but we'll be all right. That's interesting. Um, yeah, man, that's a bummer. Can you explain to us what a snidbit is, Jeff? Um. Well, I. I I, I probably I think I made that word up, but uh, <laughs> you know it's it's a little piece of a full article. So I gave you a little a little sample of it. I'm pretty sure that's not the word. I I think that's just I may have combined two other words. I know I know snippet and I know tidbit, but I've never I, heard snidbit. I think I combined those two words. But Bill, I've been doing so much reading that I feel like I'm allowed to do that now. Yeah, I mean, you're an English teacher, so you can make up words. That's a yeah, lot. there you go. So I gave you a snippet. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's, part, it's, it's part snippet, part tidbit. It's tidbit. That's got to be the name of the episode. Snidbit. <laughs> yeah, now everybody has to listen until the end to understand what the title is. I'm actually concerned how how this show is going to go down, like with everybody quarantined and stuff. Like maybe we'll try and push out some more content. And if there's no MMA, we got to try and talk about other things. And neither one of us really know much about anything else. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can give you summaries of what I'm reading, but that's a that that we might have to do a show. I don't know. <laughs> Snidbits with Jeff. 
yeah, there you go. I'll give you snippets of books that I've read. Um, but yeah, dude, cheaper by the dozen. That oh, man, Bill. I'm not gonna. I can't stop talking about it because it's just it's a great book, man. It's funny. Um, they make you and the way it's written, it's kind of all over the place, which I feel is done on purpose to make you feel like you're one of the twelve kids. Because you know it's it's hectic having twelve kids. It's hectic. It's hectic having one kid. I mean, you ought to know that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, for sure. One, yeah, dude. One is enough. I don't know how how anybody gets into two and three and four and five and twelve. I mean, or or how they afford it. Yeah, that's another thing that comes up in the book is uh, you know the parents have pretty good jobs, but uh, they're they're very they try to be wise with their money too. Yeah, I mean, well, you're gonna have to give us some of those snidbits next week if we have no MMA to talk about. We gotta we gotta talk about uh, books and stuff. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do some reading this week, Jeff, just so we have something to talk about next week. <laughs> we gotta. Uh, I was gonna say, or we could, you know, talk about like listen, re-listen to the first episode and just cringe at it. Let's do. We'll do like a live reaction of us listening to the to the first episode and critiquing it and how bad we were. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, we're still doing it, and people still listen. So, I if there is anybody out there who has been listening from episode two, please please let us know. Reach yeah, out. We, we need to meet you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll I'll fly you here to meet us um, when the travel bans are over. Uh, in any case, Jeff, we're we're gonna have to save save any other snidbits we have for for next week because we may not have any MMA to talk about. But I, I want to continue to put content out for you guys. If I end up uh, if I end up staying home a bunch myself too, I'll I'll try to put together maybe some best of shows um, for you guys to listen to. And, and uh, you know, we'll try and do our part to put some content out there. Cause I know everybody's going to be home and, and bored and stuff like that. Um, so you're going to be looking for some stuff to do and send some different things to listen to. Maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do an episode like not about MMA and we'll just talk about other stuff that's going on. You know, I, I've kind of thought about, like starting a podcast like that it would just be called like life on the rocks or something like mm. that something uh something deep along those lines in any case if you guys want to talk to us about mma or tequila or whiskey or anything else that you want just because you're bored and you're working from home all week reach out to us on social media we love interacting with you guys um if you want to get a hold of jeff it's at animal underscore wilson twitter and instagram you guys know how to get a hold of me it's at mma on the rocks everywhere on the social media or you can send me an email at mma on the rocks gmail.com and that's it man that's all we got for this week uh hopefully we'll have some mma to talk about next week if not we're doing a show anyway uh so tune in make sure you subscribe everywhere make sure you leave us a review Helps other people uh, find the show. So wherever you are listening, give us a thumbs up on YouTube. Leave some comments in the comment section. That helps. Uh, that helps boost our our findability as well. And um, you know, if you're listening to the audio version, please leave us a review. And if you leave a funny one, we'll read it on the air. Um, and that's it. Till next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>